Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB, and I'm joined this morning by the Fellow JGM Jesse Monike. We're going to be talking over the player prop bets on and on DK Sportsbook. So we got a lot of things to look into. We'll kind of look at some of the the matchups that we're picking on. We'll go over pretty much everything on the DK Sportsbook for the NFL slate in terms of rushing yards, receiving props, uh, touchdown props. We have a good history. Uh, on the fantasy website too. So if you check the link below, we're gonna have the our player prop bets. We'll list our probably our top like five or six favorite ones after the show, and uh, let's win some money this week. But anyways, good morning, Jesse. Welcome to the show. Let's win some money. Week eleven. What do we got going on today? Cooking in the pot. My mom's coming to visit. That's what's cooking. Okay. So we got a really, we got a really uh, college football slate today there's a couple good games here we got some top teams playing each other so i'll probably be watching that ohio state game in a little bit yes the northwestern's a pretty good one at 230 today if too. you have a dk sports book you got an email 50 percent boost on any college football bet so i went crazy and i did a 10 team money line parlay ah. get crazy <laughs> i did see on DraftKings too they did have an nfl one where like if you do like a five plus leg parlay you and you yep. just wrong you get everything back so there's a good but uh, we're gonna hop into a screen share here and i want to pull up some of the things that we've been doing on the fantasyfellowship.com let's take a look at that real quick here because we've been keeping our stats for these player prop bets over the season so far and on the moment right now we're above 50 percent we're 30 and 51 on just like straight up over under props we're 28 for 47 which is almost 60 percent and then lately we've, we've been doing these risky touchdown props that have like really good odds, really good returns for two of four. Uh, we hit one the week before we didn't hit Josh Reynolds last weekend, but before Jesse did hit Gabriel Davis plus 550. That was a pretty good toss there. And then I did hit Albert Okwegunam versus uh, Los Angeles Chargers a couple weeks back. So we'll put a few things up there. We do highlight everything in red and green so you guys can see how we're doing. Uh, but for this weekend, we're going to uh, first start the show off and just look at we're basically wanting to pick on matchups. So we're going to look at the teams that allow the most passing yards, the most rushing yards, and the most receiving yards. And then we'll probably highlight like the tight end spots too here. But teams that we want to pick on that allow the most passing yards, of course, Seattle, they already played. But they actually played pretty well here. So we have to keep an eye on that and see if that's a trend going forward. Seattle actually was pretty stingy against Kyler Murray. They brought some pressure to him. But other than that, you got the Atlanta Falcons allowing almost 3,000 passing yards so far this year. The New York Giants are a team to pick on for yards. Carolina Panthers are a team to pick on. And I guess the Cardinals here too. So we'll just throw in the Jaguars. So those are some of the teams that we'll be looking at for those numbers. Uh, so I guess as we're talking about the quarterback numbers, let's just quick take a look at the the over-unders for some of the passing yards. This weekend. We do have a weather uh, situation in Cleveland that's probably going to make us lean heavy into our favorite prop bet of the year. Baker Mayfield under passing yards. So let's take a look at these passing yards here on the DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll start with Jake Luton and Ben Roethlisberger here. This one's in Jacksonville. Do you care about this one at all, Jesse? We got 274 and a half for Ben Roethlisberger, Jake Luton, 227. Yeah, I mean, we got an undefeated team against a one-win team. This is a, a situation where Ben could just get up real quick and they could rely on the run game. But, uh, you know, Ben's been hot. Last week was a good game. He's actually throwing a lot of touchdowns. His yardage isn't actually crazy on the year, but he's getting those touchdowns. Uh, so just being efficient. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I love I love the numbers. Uh, 
Jake Luton might need to play some catch up. You can tell that one's been bet a little bit. Yeah, he's at plus one thirty four here. That's a pretty good spot. Yeah, and we've talked about in other episodes that the Steelers actually give up. You know, they give up yards to the receivers. Receivers actually can have some do some damage and fancy against them. So you shouldn't be afraid to start your receivers against them. So DJ Chark's probably a good play this week, but. Yeah, I don't know if I love Jake Luton, though. I don't, I don't think I've seen enough to be like, yeah, I feel confident throwing down on Jake Luton. So I'm going to pull up the Steelers just passing yards here, players that they've been playing against lately. So Joe Burrow, they held him under, you know, 213. Garrett Gilbert, 243. Lamar Jackson, 208. Ryan Tannehill, 220. At this point, we'll probably stay away from Jake Luton, and maybe we'll pick on some of the receivers. Uh, I, I do think DJ Chark, I was looking at it on my show earlier this week, the Steelers do have like a, a, a body type of receiver that does well against them. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit when we look at the receivers. But I did want to just pull up here. The Jaguars against the quarterbacks have had, they put up, they've allowed some pretty massive uh, yardage days. So last week, Aaron Rodgers, 325. Deshaun Watson, 281. Justin Herbert, 347. Stafford was the low point here, 223. And then Deshaun Watson, 259. Joe Burrow, 300. Uh, just a lot of overs here, and if they're putting Ben Roethlisberger at 274 and a half, I mean, right now he's got three stud. That, that might be one of the best starting trios of wide receivers right now. Everything's rolling. You also get Eric Ebron added to that too, and the the running backs catch passes too. So 274 and a half seems interesting to me. I did want to just pull up Ben Roethlisberger's numbers on the season so far because he does. He's got that weird efficiency where they're almost just too efficient and he doesn't get to rack up the yard, but he'll get the touchdowns. It's a very balanced offense this year, for sure. So, But the last two weeks, 333. And yeah, three he's been put. So maybe he's heating up. I mean, this might be, in, you know, just con continue the ways. So, yeah, so, so he hasn't he, he didn't hit that number outside of these last two weeks, but. I think I'm just going to I'm just going to click on it and we'll put it in our queue and we'll, we can decide on that one later right now. But it, I mean, undefeated Steelers going to Jacksonville. That one seems like it should be a bonanza with all the health. All the receivers are healthy, too. So we don't have to worry about that. But uh, we'll move on here too. we're waiting on the Falcons and the Saints. They got to figure out who they're playing at quarterback here. We have a pretty good idea of who it's going to be. But uh, we're kind of just waiting for, for them to get the updates in there for their bets. So Matt Ryan at 285 and a half. Are you interested in, in the Atlanta side of this for passing numbers? I mean, I like uh, I like the Ryan stacks in DFS this week, especially with Ridley coming back. Ridley coming back opens that offense up a lot. Um, so I could definitely see this being a fun little game. I know New Orleans, who knows what they're going to try and do, but if Atlanta gets up, they're going to have to try and play catch up. So Matt Ryan, the line is at 285 and a half. And just on the season so far, the last few games, he's at 284, 281. And those were without Ridley as well. well. The last, well, he had a game and a half maybe with with Carolina. That game was a, a, a rain game too. If you guys remember that, I think it was Thursday night football. Um, the Broncos game, they were kind of just down coast. They didn't really need to put the foot on the on the neck there. But before that, you know, three thirty eight, three seventy one. So they're kind of right at the sweet spot there. So I could see Matt Ryan having some success. Some success. I want to see what he's did uh, did against the Saints last year. So week thirteen, he goes for three hundred twelve yards. Week 10, 182. I don't really have any confidence in that. That's kind of a wide range of spectrum there. Um, if you look at that, if you look at that game, I believe that was a that was a weird game. I think they had like a defensive touchdown. Their running backs kind of took over, which is kind of an anomaly. Okay, so they, and they won in this game. He throws for 182 yeah. win. Okay, so that one was a game where they, they probably just got the Saints at a really funky time, and things just happened for them on both sides of the ball. Um, but I'm, I might be interested in this Matt Ryan over here. 
but I think I'm going to be more intrigued to see what the Calvin Ridley and the, the Julio Jones, the Hayden Hurst lines. So we'll look at those a little bit more closely. But then uh, looking at the Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, this is, this is probably one of my favorite noon games. Both teams are six and three. And right now the Ravens hold the seventh seed. Titans are outside of the playoffs at six and three. There's nine teams in the AFC that are six and three or better. So this one, the loser moves to six and four. Outside in on the playoffs, it's, it's got a lot of playoff implications here. Mars is Mars got to be angry right now, right? I mean, he, he's angry. You know, there's no way about way outside of that. So I just let's just pull up Lamar Jackson and see what he's been up to the last few weeks. It seems like he's kind of heating up in the passing categories. So his line was um, his over under is two nineteen and a half, <clears throat> and the last game two forty nine against New England one seventy two oh eight. So he's starting to hit you know some almost around two hundreds. We, we do have a really good matchup against the Titans. They do allow a good amount of points to the to the quarterback here. Let's just look at that real quick. I'm kind of expecting the Ravens to establish dominance this game. Oh, I can go into a little bit about that. The left side of their offensive line is out. So that makes me kind of didn't, you know, I'm kind of dinging the offense as a whole in Tennessee. So I think the Ravens kind of – it can smell some blood this week. So the Titans are one of the worst teams against the, the passing yards here. They are the seventh worst team, about 2,500 yards total here in nine games. They do allow a good amount of touchdowns here. They see You see the 20 touchdowns. That might be top five in the league here. So, yeah, they're the third worst team against the touchdowns. This could be a really good game for Lamar Jackson. And uh, I'm expecting a really good game for Mark Andrews. I think I'm going to talk about him later when we get to the tight ends. But uh, – I don't know. I'm interested in Lamar Jackson. I don't know if I feel comfortable betting on it. Ryan Tannehill has a tough matchup against the Ravens defense, so I'm probably not leaning into that. I'm probably going to see a huge Derrick Henry workload. If you remember, Damian Harris got up to 22 carries against the, the – the Ravens' run game was kind of exposed last weekend against the Patriots, and I think they're going to probably bash with Derrick Henry there. But interested in Lamar Jackson. We'll look at him in a little bit later. Moving on to the Eagles and the Browns. Are we hitting the Baker under at 222 and a half? Absolutely, yes. This is going to be Nick Chubb's second game back. We're expecting heavy rain throughout this game. The wind shouldn't be too bad, so like it really might not affect the trajectory of the ball. But more or less, it becomes harder to catch the ball during heavy rain. So give it to me. Pulling up the weather for Sunday here. So rain likely, high 46. Winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Chance of rain, 100%. It's going to happen. Um, let me just pull up the hourly and see when we're going to be expecting that to happen. So kickoffs at noon. Uh, it's it's going to be raining pretty much the entire day in Cleveland there. So it does not look like it's going to be a fun, uh, clean game. And I think the last like two or three games the Cleveland Browns have played in, you know, subpar weather. So we're going to see Baker Mayfield. I just want to pull up his numbers real quick, too. He's been one of our favorite under bets for passing yards. We usually like to bet the over on players. We're, we're optimists over here. But Baker Mayfield had a really rough season throwing the football. They don't really allow him to kind of wing it like they were doing last year. And uh, we see the under is 222.5 last week, 132 against Las Vegas, 122. And these games, both home games, both awful weather games. So we're looking at a pretty good opportunity here to make some money on the Baker Mayfield under. I, I, we can guarantee that this one's going to be on the website, right? Yeah, absolutely, yep. I got that one already locked in. All right, we'll have to lock that in before it gets – people are probably going to continue to bet that as more people are aware that the weather is going to be what it is. So if you can lock that in earlier, do it. 
And then uh, let's move on to, I guess, Carson Wentz. I mean, if we're betting the Baker under in this one, Carson Wentz at 244 and a half. I think we were, we were excited about his over last week, and we didn't hit it. That was one of our few uh, rare quarterback misses. Mm-hmm. But at 244 and a half in last week in a good game, basically the last few weeks he's really struggled to throw the football. 208 yards against the Giants and 123 against the, the Cowboys here. So are we interested in, in double down like on this, the unders in this game? Did I lose you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little intrigued for sure um, with the weather situation. Carson is just, just a weird situation. Hello? Hello? Got me? Yeah, a little bit. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Hello? Can you see me? Yeah, we're okay. It's a little glitchy. We'll fight through it here. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Carson Wentz, two forty-four and a half. Uh, I do like his that his receivers are getting oh, healthier. I'm just very slow. A little choppy, but uh, Carson Wentz at two forty-four and a half. Like we just said, he hasn't thrown for Hello. over the last two games. Okay. Uh, 122. I think I'll one just kick my nose like. Down. We're just having some technical difficulties at the moment here. Um, so we're kind of into this game's going to be a heavy rain game. I do think if we're feeling the Baker under, we might as well do the Carson Wentz under. So I'm going to check it. We'll move on here to the Bengals. And the Washington football team, you got Alex Smith at 269 and a half. You got Joe Burrow, 275 and a half. Uh, this game, Washington football team, they got a really good front seven. We just saw Joe Burrow kind of get harassed by the Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush last weekend and their good front seven. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering if Joe Burrow struggles on this one again. I'm not really feeling the Cincinnati offense in this game. And then Alex Smith, just the way he's been playing lately, I'm kind of intrigued. He did throw for like 390 yards last week, so that's really interesting. We're gonna get Jesse back in the stream here. That looks like a much better connection, sir. You can come in. All right, yeah, we're good. I think what happened for some reason that was a huge delay. So you started getting all my comments and my crazy waviness mm-hmm. like 30 seconds late, and I was like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, but I kind of moved on here. I did say that I'm gonna I'm gonna check the Carson Wentz under here if we do like baker mayfield under we should be interested in, in carson wentz under and if that game is going to be raining the entire day i'm worried about field conditions i'm just worried about pretty much everything in that game being under except for maybe rushing attempts and stuff like that uh so i started looking at the bengals and the washington football team here i'm not really excited about joe burrow going up against the washington football team they are pretty good in the pass rush department steelers kind of just took apart joe burrow and the bengals offense last weekend so i was pulling up alex smith they got him at 269 and a half. And the last two games, Alex Smith, 390 yards, 325. He's in he's, you got an interesting range here. Because in week nine, he only throws the ball 32 times, 24 completions, and he's hitting 325, which is this is a great recipe. And then you see last weekend against Detroit, 55 attempts, 38 total completions, and 390 yards. So he was kind of dinking and dunking last week for a lot of attempts. And then the week before, you kind of get this good range where that's the sweet spot. You want to have Alex Smith maybe throw the ball 30 sometimes. So I'm kind of interested here at 269 and a half. 
Any any thoughts on the Washington football passing game? Yeah, I think I, I like that number as well. Um, the recipe for Washington is to try to run the ball, but they've been down the last few games early, and when that happens, they throw J.D. McKissich in. He gets 100 million targets, and Alex Smith racks up yards slowly but steadily. Um, that's just how he does it. In Kansas City, that's how he did it. He always had pretty good yardage totals, um, you know, just on this volume alone. Look at that. It's pretty good. Um, you know, Cincinnati can score the ball, so I'm thinking this game should be somewhat close again. I see no reason why there shouldn't be the pass attempts. So the I'm just looking at the total touchdowns allowed to the quarterbacks. Cincinnati is giving up the second most touchdowns here on 21 total so far this season. So it could be I've been kind of plugging in Alex Smith in some in some DraftKings lineups. I think it's a really good spot. We'll get of course we'll get to Terry McLaurin later, but uh, I'm kind of feeling the Washington football team this week. And it's been a weird week because I've been recommending Washington defense. I've been I mean of course you're recommending Gibson McLaurin. And probably McKissick's a must-start at this point in PPR leagues. But uh, Washington's got some really good things on offense brewing right now. Uh, and the Bengals do allow a good amount of receiving or passing yards here. So the number was 269.5, right? Uh, so Roethlisberger yep. put up 333 last week. Ryan Tannehill, this is a low-volume offense. They put up 233. And then Baker, if Baker Mayfield can hit 297 and Phillip Rivers 371, what? Yep, look at these two guys. Uh, I think I think this is a good spot for Alex Smith to hit over here. So I'm interested in it. I'm going to check it. But we're getting to a point where we got a lot of quarterback numbers here that we kind of like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I like the Alex Smith one better than the Roethlisberger line. And then if you're going to ask me to take one under, it's going to be Baker. So you know, there's some things to. Yep. No, I, I totally because we need to condense our, our thoughts here. We're trying to only put about five or six total bets on the website this weekend. So at the moment, we're big fans of the Baker under, and we're kind of into the Washington football team over here. That could be a really good spot for Alex Smith. Moving on to the Patriots and the Houston Texans. Any interest here in Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton? They got a high number here for Watson, 277.5. Cam Newton, 215.5. I don't have any confidence in Cam Newton like being able to can like accurately project him to be over under no, like to avoid this game as a whole. I think it's going to be a huge running game. Uh, the Texans, one of the worst teams against the running backs, Cam Newton. He, I don't know how many times he's been over this two fifteen and a half. So I think I'm okay with brushing over this passing numbers here. You got two Otago by low at two twenty seven and a half. Any interest in the, the Dolphins quarterback against the Broncos? I, I was looking at two of this morning and I, and I kind of like what I'm seeing against this Denver Broncos uh, units. Although, I mean, I, we could, they just don't have the running backs to really, like, put a huge ground game into the works, especially with Gaskin out. So Tua's got to be able to do it. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely interested. So they've had some – I mean, teams have had success against them in the past. Matt Ryan, 284. Herbert, 278. Uh, Pat Mahomes, 200. They kind of just – shellacked that team and they didn't need to throw the ball that much only 23 attempts from home so he could have got to that over there cam newton 157 sam darnold 230 tom brady 297 roethlisberger 311 Tannehill 249 so two atega chilling at a low number here of 227. these passing uh, yards are, are definitely interesting this week yeah i want to i want to pull up his numbers from the last few games here I think he's been flirting around that average. So 169 last weekend, 248 the week before. It's kind of a risky gamble. We don't have enough information on him yet being right. a quarterback. I, I think this is one I'm going to watch. I'm not going to bet on it. But if he has some good numbers this weekend, 
we should be interested in him going forward. So Jets, Chargers, Justin Herbert's been a pretty popular overpick for us, 277 and a half. Joe Flacco at 240 and a half. Any interest here in the Jets Chargers game or any good ideas on how this game's going to go? Yeah, I mean, I know you got some uh, little wacko for Flacco-ness in you, but uh, this game just feels like a game that, you know, it should go by books. You know, the Chargers should take care of business. It's the Jets. But, uh, the last few games here, Cam Newton, 274 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 416. It's all against the Jets. So Pat Mahomes, 416. Josh Allen, 307. It's Patrick and Tua combined for 200. Kyler Murray, 380. So there has been some recent success on this number. And Justin Herbert at 277 and a half. Let's just pull up his numbers uh, lately. He's been, I mean, he's been one of the best throwers uh, on the season already. And yeah, last, cut. Does that affect the trajectory of the ball? I think he's gonna. He's probably gonna drop back a little quicker, being out of his pocket in a little bit, a little bit more aerodynamic. But I like that. But last weekend was his worst game. Miami defense has been one of the hottest teams in the league lately. So 187. That's his worst outage of the season. But before that, 326, 278, 347, 264 went to cut it. So that was his other worst game here. But at 277 and a half, he only had one. I guess two career games under this number out of eight games. So I'm kind of interested in the over here, but that one could get out of hand here where we see a lot of Kalen Bellage. I'm not really sure if I feel comfortable in it. I think I'd rather move on to something else. Yeah. Packers Colts. This one's got a lot of meaning for the both of us. Jesse being yes. a Colts fan, me being a Packers fan. I'm nervous about this one because Philip Rivers destroyed these guys last year. And he didn't really, Philip Rivers didn't have a game like a quarterback stat game where it was just like, wow. But the way he was able to to just call the game, they had a lot of good rushing attempts. They were able to trick Green Bay a lot of times into thinking they're running, and then Philip Rivers would just kind of wheel around and just have this wide open play. He had a really good feeling on what was going on with the Packers defense. So I'm a little bit nervous about Philip Rivers. He's coming off one of his best games of the season against the Tennessee Titans at 270 and a half here. Do you think Philip Rivers can hit his over? You know, the crazy thing about Rivers is if he hits that over, like he could do it with less than 270 air yards because he could do it through the running backs at tight ends, just kind of like, you know, get Hines in space, set up some screens, you know, get Michael Pittman the ball on the screen, let him run it, you know, the little Keenan Allen style. I mean, so this could be kind of like one of those games where he just kind of, like you said, he sets up these little trick plays, little dink and dunks, let him rack up 10, 15 yards after the catch. Um, so it's one of those things where it, you could see that you could see it happening, but you trust you know the process to get there. For me, this number is too high. Like I almost want to yeah. bet the under on this one. Uh, Philip Rivers at two seventy and a half. He's only been over that number one, two, three times all season. And the the thing about the Packers defense, it's what we call a funnel defense. And against the quarterback here, they're one of the better teams in terms of total fantasy points to the quarterback here. So let me just filter this real quick. And uh, we're going to see here that the Packers are down here on the list. Let's see. Where did they go? Packers go. go. You, you've filtered by least. So they're up at six. Oh, yep. So they're the sixth best team against the quarterbacks here. They're allowing 2,171 yards on the season so far. Let me just do the math real quick and divide like that by nine games. So that's 241 yards per game. They're, they're one of the better passing units. They did get – Jair Alexander and Kevin King, their starting cornerbacks, are both back in this one. Yep. 
So I think if you're going to attack the Packers, you're going to see a lot of Naheem Hines. You're going to see a lot of hopefully Justin, uh, Jonathan Taylor in this one. And then I think they can take advantage of them kind of in the middle of the field with the, the Packers linebackers being a weakness. So maybe it's a big tight end game. Maybe it's a big, uh, like we said, the rookie receiver there, Michael Pittman Jr. It was weird with the Packers is like they're good against the receivers. They're pretty good against tight ends, surprisingly. Uh, they're really bad against running backs. So it's like you can see the, the Colts have the kind of unit built to to have success against this Packer defense. It's just hard to like trust hitting overs on running back receiving yards. Yep. So I think at the moment right now, I'm I'm probably avoiding this Packers Colts game. It's like Rodgers at 278 and a half, even though we love what Rodgers has been doing with this offense lately. Marquez Valdez Gantling's kicking it around. Alan Lazard's probably playing in this one. Devontae Adams got the clearance with his ankle injury. Uh, Colts are one of the, the Colts are the best defense against the quarterback right now. Also, just you know, as being fans of these teams, I kind of just want to be able to enjoy this one without like having anything on the line. You know, there's already enough on the line with you know. 90% of my friends being Packer fans. So, But the Colts, number one team in yards allowed to the quarterback. That's 19-16. Let me divide that real quick by the total of nine games. So the Colts are allowing 212.8 passing yards per game here. I'm interested to see what Rodgers can do, but I don't think I'm going to dive into this for the quarterback over-unders here. Moving on to the Cowboys and the Vikings. This one's actually got me excited here. I think this one could be one of the more fantasy fun games of the afternoon slate. you got Kirk Cousins at 237.5, Andy Dalton 252.5. Any ideas here? Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson lately. He's been he's been playing really good football for a rookie receiver. And at 237.5 going against the Cowboys, we've been wanting to pick on the Cowboys all season. So yes, we have. There. Yeah, actually uh... – I think I like the, I think I like Kirk this week a little bit. I picked him up in one league. You know, he's having success. Cooks, you know, people gotta focus in on Cook, which just opens everything up. And the Cowboys just you know, they're one of those teams that's just like not not really doing a lot for you. So So last week Kirk Cousins going against a much better defense than the Chicago Bears goes for two ninety two, two touchdowns. <laughs> and the week before against Detroit. They didn't. I mean, they have. They kept his passing volume really low in weeks eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Games where he throws the ball, you know, almost more than thirty times, he's gonna hit that two thirty-seven and a half. So that one, that one seems alarmingly low to me. Yeah. So do you think they go back to the the well on Cook this week, or do you think they kind of come with that balanced approach? Are the Cowboys able to able to put up the points that they need to kind of keep them throwing the ball? Uh, I'm, I'm interested in the Cowboys because, one, they're coming off a bye. Andy Dalton is going to be starting. And Ezekiel Elliott had the hamstring injury before, and now he's 100%. He's been practicing in full all week. So you might see, I think, the Cowboys, knowing that they're, what, a half game out of the NFC East, feeling like, hey, our reset button, like we have a good opportunity here to beat the Vikings. They can you know, throw the ball around. They can establish the run with Zeke. I do think the Cowboys have a chance on this one. So I think it's going to be a competitive game. I'm excited to see Cook versus Ezekiel Elliott. you got tons of receiving options in this one. And both quarterbacks, you know, they need to kind of save the season for the team. So both teams have a lot to play for. I think it could be a fun game here. If I had to take one, I think I'm going to take the Kirk Cousins over at 237.5. But uh, I'm probably not feeling 
super confident in that one. So we'll move on to the Rams and the Buccaneers here. This is Monday Night Football. I don't know if I feel confident in this one much either because both teams have really good defenses. They got Tom Brady at 300.5 yards against the Rams defense. Yeah, I'm a, I won't, you know, my, my, my body wants a shootout in this game, but my mind's trying to taper back expectations. I just want to see that Tampa Bay, you know, they're, they're three, three weeks into Antonio Brown now. I want to see Godwin's healthy. Evans is healthy. I want to see that team fully unleashed. Last week they could have dropped probably 60 points. And, you know, there were a couple mistakes, and they still put up 40-some-odd 40, 40 points, 46 or whatever. So I'm kind of excited for that game on Monday Night Football. But, you know, we can let that simmer. It's Monday Night Football, right? Yeah, so I just want to throw this out there. The Rams' defense has only allowed one 300-yard passer all season. They got Tom Brady chilling at 300.5. That might be one that we pick on. Um, and then Jared Goff at 279 and a half. I have a feeling, remember when Jared Goff played the Miami Dolphins? And then do you remember when Tampa yes. Bay Tampa Bay played Aaron Rodgers? What happened? What's the common denominator in both those games? Uh, yeah. They got to the quarterback. Yep. And um, the, the best offensive lineman for the Rams is probably out for the year, right? I don't. I haven't looked into that. Yeah, well, um, he's done. I'm, an, I'm nervous about Jared Goff being – when it's really easy to get to Jared Goff and rattle him. You have to get pressure on him early in the game, and then that's how things start to unravel for the Rams. I think Tampa Bay has the defense to really frustrate Jared Goff in the passing game. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards both unders being a play here. I think this could be uh, kind of an old-school defensive battle where they're just picking on, on Godwin and Antonio Brown and kind of dinking and dunking and, and just trying to pound the ball with, with the running backs in this one. Yeah. But uh, that was a lot of passing numbers here. We're going to look over at the receiving yards. I did want to just point out, uh, let's look at some of the, the teams that have allowed the most yards to the receivers real quick, and we'll see if we can pick on some of those guys. Um, so filtering by total yards, we did say Seattle was one of the worst teams here. They had a pretty good game last weekend, so we'll see what happens next week. But Atlanta going up against the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if anyone feels super confident in the, in the Saints passing options this weekend, but the, the Falcons have been one of the worst teams against the receivers. The Titans, one of the worst teams against the receivers. We don't have a lot of confidence in the Baltimore receivers as well, but Willis needs coming on. It takes me. Sometimes it takes Marquise Brown just one play to hit his over. Uh, you got the Cardinals here, who we just saw on Thursday Night Football. You got the Jets going up against the uh, Justin Herbert uh, Chargers here. So we might be interested in some Keenan Allen, Mike Williams action. And then the New York Giants here, uh, one of the easier teams to pick on for yards. But they are on bye. They're on, yeah, they're on bye. And then I guess the Miami Dolphins, too, as good as we think they are as a defense, they have been allowing some decent yards here, too. So we'll be interested in some of those. The Jaguars are here, too. So let's take a look at that uh, the receiving overs here. Starting with the Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars, we, we were interested in the Ben Roethlisberger over here. So for receivers, you got Chase Claypool, 45 and a half. What? Seems low. Juju Smith-Schuster, 59 and a half. Deontay Johnson, 59 and a half. Which one do you like the best? I mean, you know, at this point, it's just give me the lowest, give me the lowest total, right? 45 and a half, what? So let's just look at what Claypool's been up to. He's uh, having a pretty good year, if you haven't heard. Yeah. Uh, last week, 56 yards. The week before, 69, 42, a negative two here out of nowhere. Weird game. More often than not, he's hitting that number there. 
So at 45 and a half, people have been betting into this one at minus 134. Does that sway you from wanting to dive into that? Uh, 134 is not a terrible line. I'd probably, I don't know if it's like my, you know, my most comfortable bet, but you know, there's some mid conviction on that. So um, because we're looking at this game, we're into the, the Steelers options. Uh, but because the Steelers do give up a decent amount of points to the wide receiver here, I just want to show you the mold of receivers that have been having success. So you see Darius Slayton here put up 102 yards and two touchdowns against them back in week one. Uh, Corlin Sutton did go pretty good here, three for 66. Uh, Jerry Judy also had 62 yards on that one. Randall Cobb with 95 yards here, so that's a little bit more slender, quicker receiver. Will Fuller, again, 54 yards. So you're seeing this, these bigger receivers here, 54 for Will Fuller. You're seeing 66 for Cortland Sutton, 102 for Darius Slayton. Then you got Travis Fulgham at 152. Keep going down. A.J. Brown goes off for 153. Willie Sneed out of nowhere with 106. And then you got uh, C.D. Lamb, 71. T. Higgins, 115. So the body types that are working here are those big prototypical outside receivers. And then you get these Willie Sneeds, you get these Randall Cobbs, you get these little full gym types that can have success. So the Jaguars have two guys that fit that mold perfectly with DJ Chark and Keelan Cole. Any thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I think uh, if I'm betting this game receiving yards, I'm looking on that side of the ball. expect the Jaguars to be down. DJ Chark, I mean, that's, that's a pretty low number for a number one receiver. He hasn't had... A lot of success recently, but uh, I mean, he's a guy you just you know you just keep going back to him. He's gonna pay off, and he hasn't really been healthy lately. He did practice in full this week. I didn't see him on the injury report at all. So at fifty-four and a half, he goes up against Green Bay, puts up fifty-six, one forty-six against Houston. I don't know what happened in this Jacksonville game when he goes one for twenty-six, but then a forty-five, a sixteen. So we kind of I think this is where he was kind of dinged up and hurt. Uh, but he started off the season pretty well, eighty-four for ninety-five, but. None of these have been with Jake. I think just the last two games have been with Jake Luton. So he's been over both times with Jake Luton at the quarterback. So he's got two in a row. We should probably click on that and consider that for tomorrow. I like that. I like that line a lot. Uh, so again, as far as Steelers receivers, this one, Chase Claypool being bet up a little bit here. I love Deontay Johnson's game. Juju Smith-Schuster continues to get the targets here at 59 and a half. Let's just take a quick look and see what Juju's been doing lately. Where is Mr. Juju? Yeah, again, I think Ben is just – he's so efficient. He's finding the open guy, and they're all going to be open at different times. It's like just who's going to be open this week, who's going to be, you know. He's been over in four straight games. And the common denominator – or the thing that I'm seeing here is early in the year, the targets were really low. Only one game of eight targets. And then the last four games, you see 14, 8, 7, and 13. So there's been kind of a, a restructuring or refocus to get Juju more targets. He's been over 59 and a half. Um, sometimes the rookie receivers, they, they have bad games. We've seen a couple from, from Chase Claypool. We like to watch him for fantasy purposes. But I think yeah, as far as the comfort level, Juju Smith-Schuster, he just needs 60 yards. And if he's, if he's going to get 10 targets in this one, he's going to hit that. All right, Juju. So I'm going to click on Mr. Smith Schuster. Moving on to the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints game. I think we're going to probably, we're just going to skip the, the Saints receivers for now. And we're just going to talk about the guys on the Atlanta Falcons. You got Calvin Ridley, 59 and a half here. You got Julio Jones at uh, 80 and a half. Hayden Hurst, 38 and a half. Any interest in these, uh, the main pieces for the Falcons offense? 
Yeah, you can see everyone likes these overs this week with uh, the Falcons. I, I don't know if there's one of those. That, I mean, the Kelvin really looks kind of nice at 59 and a half. But he's, you know, first game back. You know what? You know what are we gonna see? How healthy is he truly? Let's um, pull up Calvin Ridley versus the Saints. Uh, looks like three out of four games he's been going to boom down here. So 91 <laughs> yards uh, last year in November. Another game in November, only 28 yards. But then his rookie season, 93 and 146. This looks like a pretty good spot for Calvin Ridley. We know Julio Jones is probably going to get Marshawn Lattimore in this one. And uh, I don't know. If, if, if Ridley he practiced all week, no setbacks, I think I, I wouldn't be afraid to kind of go back into Julio or to Calvin Ridley because he's one of those players that can get a 60-yard play in one play. Mm -hmm. And 59 and a half, people have been betting into it, 132. It feels pretty safe. I don't know if I like the odds for it, though. I think I'd rather take Juju Smith-Schuster at 59 and a half with the minus 112. I think that's a fair play as well. So then do we, if we like, if we like the, the Atlanta options here, do we just go back to Matt Ryan over? Yeah, I mean, that's from the beginning, kind of talked about how we like Matt Ryan. He's been throwing up these big yardage games. Um, 285 and a half. So then it's like looking at the line, you know, it's, do you like Matt Ryan over? Or there's some of the other overs we like better? All right, we got this this random guy named Andrew Bauer chiming in here, taking the over on Calvin Ridley. Good morning, Andrew. How's it going, buddy? Good morning. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, man. You got a good spot with Calvin Ridley this week. We're, we're just looking at Matt Ryan. So this is the website, StatMuse, here. You just type in the player's name. You can type in who they're playing, and I just type in the word game logs, and we'll see what Matt Ryan's been up to against the Saints. So last year he goes off for 312. The, the game here where he goes for 182, they won that game 26 to nine here. So they didn't need him to throw the ball. I think he could have if they needed him to. And then if you just look at the history of what Matt Ryan's done against the Saints, 377, 374, 288. The 221 would have been a bad one here, but then 331, you see 240. I mean, for the most part, this dude's just hammering the Saints with yards. Yeah. It's got a good history. I mean, history's I mean, on our sides. For looking sure. at that, and 285 is high. But uh, you also have to wonder, the Saints, if it is Taysom Hill, are they sucking a lot of time out of this and winning the time of possession and just running the ball and just making the the hot offense of the Falcons stay on the sideline? Is that another thing uh, that we have to think about? Yeah, I mean, you have to think about what, what's, you know, Sean Payton, he, he's going to come with a game plan. He's going to have a set plan. He's going to use it. And this one's in New Orleans. I know they have been allowing a small amount of fans in there. Um but I don't really have a good read on this game as a whole, just because we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation. Right. Um, I'm probably just going to enjoy this one on TV and we'll see. I guess I'm still interested in Calvin Ridley over here. It's minus 132. Uh, just out of curiosity, just if you put, what, 25 bucks on Calvin Ridley, um, it doesn't tell me, you know, go to singles. You put 25 bucks on Calvin Ridley, you're going to win, looks like, 19 bucks here so not a bad odd actually i uh if i'm coming to this game for a prop it's gonna be that td prop for mr Taysom hill we'll get to that at the end <laughs> our favorite things to do is at the end of the show we're gonna go over our favorite touchdown props those are usually the props that have you know the best odds they're usually not negative they're usually positive odds that get you the best return so we'll get to those in, in at the end here but we're probably gonna dip into the Taysom hill uh bucket once we get there 
Moving on to the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. We noted before, Titans have one of the worst secondaries. Give up a ton of yards. Give up a ton of touchdowns to the wide receivers. So we're looking at Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, J.K. Dobbins, Willie Sneed. Any interest in Willie Sneed at 33 and a half? He's been playing some good football lately. I mean, everyone's betting down Marquise Brown. I'll take Willie, Mr. Reliable Willie Sneed, man. All right, let's look at his game logs the last few games. He's been coming on for the – I can't the trust Marquise Brown. So the last – technically the last four games he's been really – he's 64 yards, 37 yards, 106, and 32. Willie Sneed's going to be on our website, right? Willie Sneed, baby. 33 and a half yards, so he needs 34 to do it. He's been the leading receiver for them the last three or four weeks. And then the other guy here, I don't know if you guys knew – but Nick Boyle is out for the season. He was the leading tight end in terms of snaps for the Ravens. And as soon as he went down, Mark Andrews was getting pummeled with targets. And I don't really know who their number two tight end is. I think they did sign the guy from Seattle, Luke Wilson. So I, I'm assuming Mark Andrews is in for a heavy workload day at 45 and a half. I do think Mark Andrews does has have some opportunity for success here. I just want to show you guys. And keep in mind, last weekend, that game was one of the weirdest rain games I've seen. And Lamar Jackson actually looked he looked pretty good. I thought he handled the rain game pretty solidly. And you see, in this game, they needed to throw the ball, sure. But seven catches, 61 yards for Mark Andrews. I think this might be the start of a trend where we see Mark Andrews kind of step back into that top two or three tight end role. Um, so at 45 and a half, kind of interested in Mark Andrews here. Hmm. Yeah, I like what, I like where you're cooking on that one. The Nick Boyle stat is that's a huge it's a huge one, man. Uh, Nick Boyle's been their leading tight end in snaps all season, and because Mark Andrews has kind of been he's kind of has like a he's kind of injury prone. They they mm -hmm. they say, and so they they let him kind of just be the slot tight end. But now you need Mark Andrews on the field a ton. So I think Tennessee, one of the worst secondaries, one of the worst defenses in all stats. I think you're going to see a. It's, it's not going to surprise me if Mark Andrews has one of those big uh, seven for 82 and two touchdowns kind of game. Um, so I'm curious to see what his touchdown odds are when we get to that later. But on the Tennessee Titans side of things, you got AJ Brown at 53 and a half. You got Corey Davis, 44 and a half. Derrick Henry, seven and a half. John Smith, 27 and a half. Any interest here in our Titans pass catchers? Yeah, I think we should look at that injury report real quick for Tennessee. Um, Makes me really nervous when you see a whole side of an offensive line uh, be out for a week. Um, you know, that said, I, I do think the Ravens are going to put up points, and I do think the Titans are not going to be able to just lean on Derrick Henry like they want to. So they've already ruled out Roger Saffold, offensive guard here. Um, they have ruled out a bunch of other players here, but nothing on the offensive line. Wow, this is going to be a bad game for the Titans, man. Yeah. Jadavian Clowney out. Adderay out. Adam Humphreys out. Their Jungle center. So let's just see who else did practice on Friday here. You got the center not practicing all week. He's probably not playing. You want to see your guy get at least a limited practice in. So we're down a guard and we're down a center here. You see the offensive tackle, Dennis Kelly. He fully practiced on Friday, so he's probably going to be okay. Uh, but they're missing 40% of their offensive line. So you think about how they're going to try to beat the, the Ravens here. They want to run the football. I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, very effectively. So this might be a game where if we like the Ravens offense, do we see Ryan Tannehill have to open it up with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis? John Smith, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I, 
they're going to have to throw the ball. I just, the question is how much success are they going to have? AJ Brown had his, his worst week of the season last week. I do not, I would never bet on AJ Brown having two bad games in a row. Right. Um, and the yeah. Ravens, so I'm just looking at the fantasy points allowed here on the fantasy See the green matchups here for the Titans, which is why we like the Ravens offense. Mm-hmm. The Ravens defense, uh, one of the best teams against the quarterback here, 10th best. The running backs, they have been kind of been able to run on lately. So you could see Derrick Henry kind of smash his way to another 100 yards here, but I think it's going to be difficult, as we noted, with the offensive line pieces missing. And you got the Ravens here, one of the best teams against the receivers. Let's just quick take a look and see. I know Jimmy Smith was missing last time. And we got uh, Jimmy Smith questionable. He logged two limited days here. Um, looks like they got a couple other guys that are – No, deep. Brandon Williams is huge yeah. for Derrick Henry. So – that, that kind of negates the two uh, injured yeah. players on the offensive line here. But look at Calais Campbell also did not practice all week. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an even out kind of situation here. I, I just, I keep going back to, I think, I think the Baltimore Ravens is probably going to have one of their best offensive outputs all season against the Titans. So if we're into the Ravens offense. I think they're going to have to open it up with Tannehill and yeah. AJ Brown. Like we, we don't want to bet on AJ Brown to have two bad weeks in a row. I don't think. No, definitely not. I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at what happened to the Ravens last week, and I'm thinking if Damian Harris had that much, much success, maybe Derrick Henry does. Uh, maybe he does pop. I mean, seven and a half receiving yards for Henry. That's one catch. I'm interested in I'm looking at the Ravens and who have they allowed some big days here. So AJ Brown, fifty-three and a half. That's super low. Um, they did allow Jarvis Landry. To get 61 they allowed brandon cooks to hit 95 they allowed randall cobb to hit 59 miko hardman 81 sammy Watkins 62 terry mclaurin with 118 uh t higgins okay so that's probably the best body comparison for aj brown he goes four for 62 got travis fulgen going for 75 yards that's probably more in the mold of a Corey davis type there um, John Hightower did get loose, but he's one of the <clears throat> one of the third or fourth receivers for the team. He had a 50-yard catch there. Juju Smith-Schuster, kind of in the mold of a Corey Davis as well with 67 yards. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. hit 56. Zach Paschal hit 55. And Jacoby Myers hit 59. So at 53 and a half, we're seeing a lot of success for number one receivers against the Ravens. Yeah. Would yeah, you man. take the Corey Davis at 44 and a half? Oh man, it's just Ryan Tannehill. He is so unpredictable. That's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing for me is at this point I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. So I think my my thinking for this one is to bet on the Ravens offense being successful. We love Willie Sneed at thirty three and a half. People are really betting into this Marquise Brown here at minus one forty three. So I think it's a good idea to pivot to Willie Sneed and Mark Andrews. Um, yep. Are you feeling the Mark Andrews at all? Is that something that you want to double down with me on? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into the Mark Andrews. Um, depending on how many, how many bets we're going to throw up on the site, you might have to really kind of consolidate a little bit, feel some things. But I did check that Mark Andrews box. Makes sense, and we'll we'll think about it in a little bit. So oh wow, we're going on 48 minutes, man. We got to pick up the pace a little bit. We'll start to hit some of our favorites here, and then we'll get into our favorite touchdown odds. Yeah. Eagles, Browns, anything in this game we think everyone's going to be under for the most part because we hated the, the passing totals here. Anything stick out? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Miles Sanders at 18 and a half. That's just like something that, like, 
he had so many receiving yards last year. I just don't – they're just not throwing him the ball right now. I don't know if that's going to change or not. Uh, so Absolutely. I'll probably look into that one a little bit. Something to keep an eye on here. Yeah, well, other than that. The weather's going to be so bad in here, I don't feel good about anyone's overs for the most part. Right. Uh, no one's got a really high under to bet on either. Uh, but Travis Fulgham had a really rough game last weekend at 15 and a half. I just, I don't like betting under, so I think we're going to skip this game for now. Yeah. Um, we'll keep it simple with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington football team. Terry McLaurin, 73 and a half. Is that happening? What do you think? I think so. And then you got JD McKissick chilling at 37 and a half. I know you right. love JD McKissick. Mm. You can do it. Yeah. Love him. Just stealing all of Antonio Gibson's. Dude, if, if Antonio Gibson ever gets like, if he just gets half of those, twenty to thirty percent of those, like he's he's a locked in RB one. Um, right. You know, I think though when we're looking at this game, looking at the yardage, like the seventy three and a half is kind of high. Um, yeah. Looking at these, it's, it, but we like the Alex Smith over, so I think we just kind of go to the, the Alex Smith well this week. Yeah. Uh, but it's Uncle Terry McLaurin, man. I just want to I just want to pull it up because I'm pretty sure he's been over seventy three and a half, probably almost every game, but like two. Terry's a wide receiver. Alex one Smith's playing quarterback right Terry, Terry, I think, is the future future stud that no one's talking about. He's fourth in the league in yards at 787 total yards. Let's see here. So his line is 73 and a half. He hit 95, 115, 90, 74. One game here of 26 yards. I think he was paired up with Jalen Ramsey. If I remember correctly, this was the game where the quarterback situation like just took a crap on them. And uh, 118 against the he 118 against Jimmy Smith, 83 against uh, the the Browns here. 125. I'm assuming that's Patrick Peterson on him, and then 61 against the Eagles. So two games below 73 and a half. I like I like seeing something that I know I can rely on. And Terry McLaurin is probably one of my most favorite receivers to be watching in the game right now. So um, then I'm interested here. Are you more interested in Terry's line or Alex Smith's line? If we're gonna you know, one on there. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put Terry McLaurin on the list. Do you double dip on that and just take them both? We'll 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 check it. We'll we'll put it on the list and we'll talk about it after the show. But I I just I have a hard time. Terry McLaurin's been 80 percent of the time he gets his over 73 and a half. That doesn't seem like a very high total to me. We know the belt. The, the Cincinnati Bengals are one of the worst defenses in the secondary. They've allowed the second most touchdowns to wide receivers. Terry McLaurin, he can do this in one play. He can, he can do this in one little play here. So I'm interested in what he can do. But J.D. McKissick, let's just, uh, I just, I'm just curious because he, he's going to get peppered with targets. We know this. Right. Well, let me click on McKissick. And I'm just curious how many games. So we know he's played with Alex Smith the last two games. So the last two games, 43 receiving yards, 65 receiving yards. These targets are really inefficient, though. That kind of makes me mad. Nine receptions for 14 targets, seven for 15. That needs to be tightened up a little bit here back to these six and eights and these seven and eights. Um, it's too many. It's too many J.D. McKissick. But at 37 and a half, J.D. McKissick has been over one, two, three, four, five. Mm, so close here. Five times in the last six games here. So it, it's it's rolling. It, it's kind of like the Terry McLaurin where it's been, it's been going for us. Um, I'm just going to check it for now. I don't feel great about it. This could be a game where we see Washington football team really run the ball. Maybe not have to. Last week they were playing catch up. So I don't know if we're going to see. Basically, in, in losses coming, you know, they're playing JD. When they're down, they're playing JD. Uh, they don't trust Antonio Gibson's pass pro, and it's Alex Smith, who you probably have to be a little bit extra cautious with. 
that's in the back of their minds for sure. So I think I'm just okay with I, – I know Terry McLaurin's going to get his targets no matter what the game script is. So I think I'm okay with just kind of leaving it at that and mm -hmm. move on quick to the Patriots and the Texans. Anybody here that you like, Jacoby Myers has been good to us at 58 and a half. Uh, the Texans receivers here, Brandon Cook, 62 and a half. Will Fuller, 60 and a half. Randall Cobbs, 36 and a half. I kind of don't really feel anything about this game. I wouldn't mind moving on. Yeah, we can move on from that. Dolphins, Broncos, again, I don't really have any. They don't have a lot of Broncos receivers here at all. They just have Melvin Gordon here. Yeah, I think they're waiting to hear about the Mr. Drew Locke. Yeah. So we'll kind of skip that one here. We did like the Justin Herbert potential for over on his yards. I think it was 277 and a half. So you got Keenan Allen. People are betting the hell out of that one at minus 143. Mike Williams, 52 and a half. He's just kind of too risky for me to bet. I need. I think I need to see more consistency from him. Uh, and then you got the Jets receiver here, the lone Jets receiver, Denzel Mims, 45 and a half. But again, I think I'm, I'm kind of comfortable just skipping this game as a whole here. I don't really feel great about it. Yeah, nothing there is going crazy to me either. Hunter Henry, 42 and a half is a little high for what he's been doing. Right. And he's at plus 105, though, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Packers Colts. We kind of talked about this one being maybe kind of a defensive struggle game. They do have Devontae Adams at 85 and a half. Jamal Williams, 11 and a half. That seems really low, but people are kind of on to that one there. Aaron Jones, I think if Green Bay is going to have success, it's going to be with Aaron Jones running the uh, – not running the ball, but catching the little screens here. But he's going to be matched up with Darius Leonard probably on a lot of those screens. So I don't really feel great about that. I, this game, I, I, I don't have a good read on it. I'm kind of nervous as a Packer guy. So. Naheem Hines, baby, 27 and a half yards. That's the one. Every time he sucks us back in. He spits it back out. It's need, just the recipe to, to beat the Packers is these little scat backs, man. You can need to see it, but I can. I mean, if if he, if, he's catch, if he's gonna catch four balls, I'm interested in that. I'm gonna check it just because I think that's it but is. Like you said, I you know I think more or less we, you know we don't we can stay away from this game. Just I think there's things we like more. Plus, as fans, I don't want to be no pain. So I noticed in the Cowboys Vikings game here. The leading uh, – they have the most yards for Dallas Cowboys receiver. It's going to be C.D. Lamb at 60-and-a-half. Then it goes Amari Cooper, 57-and-a-half. You got uh, Michael Gallup at 42-and-a-half. Any Cowboys receivers here going up against the Vikings secondary, which we've liked to pick on all year? We, we know Andy Dalton's back, right, this week. Uh, do we trust Andy Dalton back this week? I, I don't know. It, I, have good, I have good vibes for C.D. Lamb. It seemed like Andy Dalton had – it seemed like Dalton had a really good connection with Lamb, but it seemed like he had pretty good connection with, with Michael Gallup, too. I, mm -hmm. I see Michael Gallup getting deep on a couple of plays here for 42 and a half. But, again, it kind of goes back to what I said. I think I need to see more first before I, I accurately project it. It's a really good spot for the Cowboys receiver, so if you're feeling risky, Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb, all to me, all those numbers are kind of low. Lamb's at the high point, but Lamb sometimes just gets peppered with targets, and I, I just don't think – I mean, the Vikings with the slot slot cornerback is that uh, Cameron Dantzler, Oof. or what's his name? I don't know. It's uh, the the rookie receiver they they drafted, Jeff Gladney. Is that it? Yeah, Gladney. Yep. Gladney. Okay, so rookie on rookie here, we could see C.D. Lamb take advantage of him. He was drafted in the first round here, so he's got the juices to do it. Uh, but then on the Vikings side of things, people are just hitting the hell out again out of uh, Justin Jefferson, fifty-seven and a half at minus one forty-three. People mm -hmm. not really feeling the, the Adam Thielen over at 16 and a half, uh, but I don't really have any good reads on this. Maybe Dalvin Cook at 18 and a half. Maybe that's, that's the play here. 
Yeah, I was looking at both these running backs. I think Cowboys coming off a bye. You know what's been their recipe for success all these years? Give Zeke the ball. Mm-hmm. Feed that man. Um, so that that's you know that's kind of interesting. It seems like a low line. He has the lower line of the two. People have been betting it at minus one twenty-five, but I like both. I yeah. like that, the fact that Devin Cook's at minus one twelve. Like, I like that one a lot too. They're if both. You, I like both those to be honest with you. Let's just check them. I think we're getting close to our twelve bets here. But uh, oh, we got nine, so we can do three more here. Let's move on to the Rams, Buccaneers. Do we want to just skip this one? We don't really. Yeah. Do yeah we, let's breeze out these rushing yards here. Let's see if there's okay. any good uh, rushing lines for us. All right, James Robinson, sixty-three and a half. We know he's probably going to get the ball at least eighteen to twenty times. <sighs> not confident. Yeah. Let's skip it. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not touching those. We can't even talk about the Falcons and Saints game right now. No, not really. I mean, we just need to know more. Keep an eye on Latavius Murray, though. Alvin Kamara dinged up with the foot injury. He missed yeah. practice a little bit this week. I've been telling people all week, Latavius Murray, if he's available, you should probably add him right now. Uh, especially if, if you're if you're going to get Latavius Murray paired with Taysom Hill the next three games, this could be a really good run-heavy offense. And I think as long as Kamara is dinged up with the foot right now, that's something to monitor. Latavius Murray could be a guy that helps get you to the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, do you think that you see Sean Payton kind of trying to, like, you know, do what the Ravens do for success, you know, kind of set up these three, two running backs in the backfield, maybe shoot Kamara out wide, then do some crazy Taysom Hill run. Like it feels like a good recipe. I've had, I've, I haven't told anybody, but I've had kind of wild thoughts that the Saints offense is going to look like Lamar Jackson. And of course, Lamar Jackson's a much better thrower than Taysom Hill. Right. But I don't think the comparisons are that far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they should be looking to, to run the offense with this kind of, basically a RPO offense where you don't know what's going to happen every play and the Ravens have already have a blueprint for it. So I think they've been watching a lot of tape uh, on the Ravens offense. So run heavy offense. They're going to use two backs. They're going to run the ball. They're going to chuck the ball when they need to, but they're going to run the ball first. So Titans and the Ravens here, Derrick Henry, 86 and a half people beating it up here at minus minus one thirty-four. I don't really see anything that I like that much. I mean, I think Henry hits his hundred yards probably this week, but 134, I think we have lines that we like a little better. Yeah, feel comfortable elsewhere. Eagles, Browns, anything in this one, we should expect a lot of running in this one. But this is two of the better run defenses in the league. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of rushing for sure. I just don't. The line's there. I mean, 71 and a half. 65 and a half for Sanders is probably, probably just staying away. Bengals Washington football team. We talked about this maybe being an Antonio Gibson game. He's plus one. I like that. I like that. Is this the one? That's the one. All right. So I'll hit Gibson for 50 rushing yards this week. I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to pull away. Um, You know, Gibson, those last couple weeks just hasn't gotten the the run just because they've been down early. Um, If they can just stay close through the first half, he hits that line. I'm just quick looking up in terms of rushing yards, how the Bengals are doing here. I think teams have been kind of just hitting them. Really Six. Tough. Okay, so this is the spot to do it. Let's just look quick and see. So the number was 48 and a half. Yes. They allowed Josh Kelly to get 60. Yes. Eckler, 84. Nick Chubb, 124. Kareem Hunt, 86. Sanders, 95. There's a lot of overs here. James Robinson, 75. Mark Dingo, 57. JT hit 60. Kareem Hunt, 76. Derrick Henry, 112. McNichols had 49. <laughs> McNichols hit it. But then what's this James Conner, Benny Snell crap? Yeah, uh, that was a weird, like, what, was that a four or five touchdown game for 
that was just everything. That's a weird game. So Antonio Gibson plus one twenty four odds. We like the uh, like that this game. That's probably the best odds that we picked all day. So we're yeah. in Antonio Gibson here. I think I'm okay with just kind of breezing over the rest of these passing, uh, these rushing totals here. I did like Kalen Balaj at fifty three and a half. I think he's going to have a huge game and in a positive game script for the Chargers. I think Kalen Balaj fifty three and a half seems pretty doable. No, yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not touching anything in the Dolphins-Broncos game. I did like – I was a huge fan of Damian Harris this week, and then I opened this crap up and see minus 167. Yeah. I think they like it as well. He's going to hit it. He's going to hit it, folks. So if you want to win some yeah returns, you could hit the Damian Harris here. If your units are bigger, you might as well. You Just take the free there with Damian Harris. Uh, but, again, Kalen Balaj, how many bets do I have here? I have 10 bets here. We're going to save those for the touchdowns here. Probably, I am yeah. Kalen Balaj, it's a mini revenge game. He did play for the, the he's played for Adam Gase twice. Anthony Lynn has said he's the number one running back. So Kalen Balaj, you have my attention. Yep. Uh, Packers, Colts, these rushing numbers, man, these could be the ones to hit here. Jonathan Taylor only needs 35 yards. These are so low, man. Do it. I don't know. I mean, what, the thing is, like, these running backs, they all could hit. One of them could hit. There's going to be a guaranteed one hitting me over on these. I just don't know who. So, again, we are. I'm from Green Bay. We're, we're we both lived in Green Bay. Jesse, what's your you you're a Peyton Manning guy, so you you grew up loving the Colts. So for this one, that we're yep. kind of staying away. I do think the Colts can take advantage of the Packers' running game. So if you want to invest in the in the Hines, the Jonathan Taylor, I think those are good. They're low numbers here, and uh, I do expect the Colts to have a, a pretty efficient offense against the Packers. D. Yeah, they're basically saying that the Colts are going to have less than a basically a hundred yards rushing against the Packers, which we know they're going to hit that over. If you take like total Colts rushing yards, I would take the over on that for sure. James Robinson hit that number. He hit about a hundred yards all by himself last week. He did have two touchdowns called back. There should be some success for the Colts on the ground there. But looking at the Cowboys and the Vikings real quick, we were both fans mm. of Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. They got Ezekiel Elliott at 59 and a half. Dude, that's low. Oh, what? That seems way too low. Are they going to get it going this week with Ezekiel Elliott? I think they're going to. I mean, they have to be thinking. They got to be thinking. They don't exist anymore? If they're going to win games, it's going to be Zeke. <sighs> so, well, hold on. We got Zeke. Hold on. We got Zeke at over 14 and a half. Let's just, if they're, I think we're going to take the the rushing and receiving over here, right? Yeah, I was, I was, yeah that's the one. Oh, my God. What is this? Bogus. LaMichael Piran? You might be interested in LaMichael Piran, boys. Um, I, I'd take the rushing yards if we're going to go one of those. That's okay. stupid. Oh, let's see here. Anything? Okay, guys. So we're really into Ezekiel Elliott uh, bounce back game this weekend at but 14 and a half receiving yards, man. That's also super low. Um, yeah, it, it, that's it's too low. All right, I think we might wait. We do like the. I mean, this is going to be what 60, 73 and a half total yards. Oh my god! He needs seventy four yards to get the over for. So we're probably going to put his rushing and receiving over on the website here. I'm just going to click the fifty nine and a half here because we'll come back to that. But we should, we expect good things out of Zeke Elliott, Andy Dalton's again healthy. We should see the Cowboys bounce back after the bye. Rams, Buccaneers, we don't really like to do Monday Night Football props on here, but anything, Ronald Jones, like I don't want to even bet on any of these. No, it's Monday night. It's a tough Monday night game. So we're going to get to our favorite part of the show, looking at the touchdown odds here. 
We like the touchdown odds because they give you your best odds to usually win some money here. So we do like the Steelers options. We we kind of like to bet on players that are more than like two to three hundred you know plus points here. So does anything stick out here on the the Steelers side here? Whether that's nah two ten on Claypool is kind of interesting. That one's kind of fun there. Uh, I could see I could see Keelan Cole at plus two fifty. He caught a touchdown and had a punt return last weekend. We did say that there's basically the mold of receivers that have had success against the Steelers have been these Keelan Cole and DJ Chark body types. So it wouldn't surprise me, but again, I'm not betting on Jake Luton to throw a touchdown. So Claypool's probably the one guy in the Steelers game here. Moving on down to the Falcons and the Saints. This is the extra spicy stone cold lock of the week. As our friend John Heffernan would say, shout out. No, it's not the best odds. Plus 150. some Hill scoring a touchdown, guys. I think you can. Do we lock this in now? We don't even know if he's the starting quarterback. Uh, Taysom, if they get to the goal line, I would expect at least There's two pack. looks for Taysom Hill for him. And uh, I did want to pull up here. I've been kind of saving this for the whole time here. Last year, I think this was the end of November or end, yeah, end of November. We see Saints and the Falcons played here. You see Taysom Hill got some run. He threw he threw a pass over one, but on the running game here, he goes two for thirty three and a touchdown. And then the Mofo also catches two passes, twelve yards and one touchdown. So two Taysom Hill touchdowns. The last time he played the Falcons, Atlanta is one of the worst defenses in the league right now. To quarterback points, Taysom Hill. Even if he doesn't start. He is in on the high touch. He's getting the, the high value touches. So they have they have plays designed for him to score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So whether this needs to be a rushing or a receiving touchdown, obviously they don't count passing touchdowns. So the odds of him finding the end zone, I think, are very very good this weekend at plus one fifty. What you throw twenty five bucks at that, you're gonna you're gonna get some really you're gonna get what is that twenty five minus sixty two? I can't do math. Twenty seven fifty. No, right. that's, no, that's, that's higher. No, thirty-seven fifty. Fifty, dude. So Taysom Hill us to the bank. So yeah, that's looking pretty good for Taysom Hill odds there. Anything else in this Falcons game? Calvin Ridley at plus one fifty also seems pretty low to me. I think yeah, this game to be kind of fun. There could be good touchdowns here. Even Julio Jones at plus one twenty-five. I think you could put if you wanted to put money on both Julio and Ridley. One of them's gonna hit. You're gonna make money off one of those guys. Right, I would agree with the, that thought. One of those, is, one of them will score. Touchdown. One of them is gonna hit, and the, the, even the odds of them both hitting, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Titans and the Ravens here. Lamar Jackson plus one twenty to rush for a touchdown. I like Mark Andrews to score a touchdown this weekend, but plus one hundred five doesn't really encourage me to do so. No, it, definitely not. Sixty five. Are you going with our boys, Sweet William Sneed here? <laughs> I don't think so. 60. No, thank you. I don't feel comfortable betting on touchdowns in this one. If I had to, pick, no. If I had to pick one, of course, Derrick Henry at minus one forty-three. But Mar- I feel like it's a Mark Andrews week. I don't really. I'd rather bet on Taysom Hill to score a touchdown or Calvin Ridley. Uh, Eagles Browns, no thanks. Yeah, Bengals, probably not. In football team, scary Terry McLaurin plus one fifty. If we like Taysom Hill at plus one fifty, does this guy have our attention? He's got our attention. I don't think he's scored in the last couple games. Let me just double check on Terry. So he might be due for one of those big ones. He's due. Um, so he didn't score last weekend, but with Alex Smith at quarterback, he goes seven for one fifteen against the Giants, and he gets the touchdown. Did catch a touchdown against Dallas the week before too. So I could see him find himself in the end zone at plus one fifty. I'm interested a little bit here. Um, nobody else really sticks out. 
Tyler Boyd plus two. Boyd. Higgins yeah. has been hot lately, but plus 180. The Washington football team is the second best uh, against wide receivers and PPR points. So I'm kind of fading the whole Bengals offense this week. Yeah, Burrow, I mean, probably only one touchdown this week. Maybe gets the two touchdowns, but probably just the one. So Patriots, Texans. Is it a Damien Harris game? Or are you just taking the Cam Newton minus 139? Or are we just skipping this whole thing together? Damien Harris, 165. Uh, there's some intrigue there, but. I think I still like Taysom Hill. Yeah, Cam Newton's kind of in the way there. Yep. Uh, Dolphins, Broncos, is it Salvan Ahmed plus 160? It's not a bad line. That works, but again, I'd give me Taysom Hill at plus 150 instead. I'd rather double dip into that. Yep. Uh, Broncos, Broncos, Dolphins is probably one of the least exciting games of the weekend. Uh, they like Keenan Allen's odds to score here, but I like Kalen Balaj to score plus 140 against his former boss, 140 is a nice line. 140 could be working for us here with Kalen Balaj. I think he scored in the last two games as well. Uh, that might be incorrect. Let me double-check real quick. But he's actually I, – I was a Kalen Balaj hater for, like, the last two years, but the last two weeks he's actually looked pretty pretty solid here. So I'm just looking for his numbers here. I don't see him. No, um, he's uh, – Might be on the next page. He's a, he's a second pager. There he is. The Balaj. So the last two games here. 68 yards, 34 receiving, so no touchdown last weekend. He did find the end zone against the Raiders. Maybe we find him in the end zone this week. A shot. Uh, nothing else really sticks out here. No. Nothing else really sticks out for me there. Uh, Packers, Colts, who's scoring touchdowns? Devontae Adams at minus 134. Aaron Jones, 139. They like these guys quite a bit here. But Naheem Hines, where's he at? Plus 125. That seems too uh... – People are into it now. Too high. Yeah, people are on that. I think I got to skip this one, man. I don't, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Trey Burton is pretty. They use him around the. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams is interesting. If you got big balls, you go with Mercedes Lewis here for plus eight hundred. If they didn't hit him last week, it's not happening. Well, no. <laughs> they they Rod- wanted to. Rodgers said on uh, his touchdown run that play was going to Mercedes Lewis. Yep. going to lose touchdown, but they had him kind of double teamed, and that's what allowed Rodgers to scoot into the end zone on his run. So they do call Mercedes Lewis's number towards the goal line. Uh, looking at Cowboys Vikings, Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott are both favored to score here. You got Thielen and Justin Jefferson, the next best odds. Do we like any of the Cowboys receivers? Plus 200 for Cooper, 250 for Lamb, 325 for Gallup. One of them is scoring in maybe yeah. years, but Gallup, 325. That's 325 on Gallup's kind of a nice spicy, uh, spicy TD lock of the week. Hmm, that one might make the website. I kind of, I kind of think that one could be fun. Are you? Hmm. I don't know. Ezekiel Elliott up minus 106 though. That's yeah. He's probably scoring. That's that's probably gonna happen. Um, I think I'd, I'd be more as much as I like the plus 325 for Gallup. I think Ezekiel Elliott's scoring. So throwing some money on that one, I think could be pretty healthy, even though it's a negative number. I mean, what you put 20 bucks on that you're winning 19. Um, feel good about that. It's not a risky bet, but it might make our touchdown prop bet. We might have to change our, uh, the fine print on what we do there. But, uh, <laughs> Subject to change. I'm, I'm open to the Cowboys receivers having success. I think we just maybe need to wait and see, but it's a smash spot against the Vikings. If you're feeling risky, 
Michael Gallup plus 325. It's been a while since he scored. CeeDee Lamb plus 250. He's one of Andy Dalton's favorite quick targets. Um, something to think about if you're into the Cowboys there. Uh, Chiefs Raiders, hold on. Did they? Um, I didn't see any of those rushing or, or receiving. They usually do the touchdown props before anything. I didn't see any, any other lines. So they love Kelsey, Tyreek, Josh Jacobs, and Clyde Edwards, all two score a touchdown. Darren Waller at plus 145. Miko Hardman's out in this one. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen him activated off the COVID list, so I think it's going to be Sammy Watkins, plus 180. I don't feel great about it. Marcus Robinson, 225. TDs, man. He's got, I think, three in the last two or three games. He's been tossing up. I think we'll we'll ignore that game. I think we got enough here Yeah. for the people. All the wow! All the touchdowns for Tampa Bay and, and the Rams are all plus. That's interesting. So some good odds <laughs> there. We'll kind of look to that later. Uh, but I don't know, man. Any other parting thoughts or any games that you're most excited to watch this weekend or have good feelings about? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the games. There's a lot of fun games this week. It, there should be some points scored. It should be a fun fantasy week. You know, it's, I feel like we've had a couple duds here. I think we're due for a big, big eruption. Falcons Saints should be fun. Titans Ravens is a fun playoff, you know, playoff potential there. One of those teams, they're both desperate for wins, you know, at this point. As far as the weekly schedule, this has been, it's week 11. This has been my favorite entire weekend slate of the whole season. You have a lot of interesting matchups. You got Atlanta and New Orleans. Atlanta's playing good. We got this Taysom Hill thread now. That's kind of fun. You got Washington football team playing pretty good with Alex Smith against Joe Burrow. The Lions and the Carolina Panthers. I was kind of upset that we didn't see any receiving or rushing yeah. in that one because we we missed out on DeAndre Swift and, K- and Christian McCaffrey's smash opportunities. That one would have been really fun there. You got Pittsburgh going for more undefeatedness there. Tennessee and Baltimore. That's the game I think that you have to watch at noon, even though I, I think for our area we're going to get the Falcons and the Saints here, so I'm okay with that. But Tennessee, Baltimore, I think that one's got some really fun potential there. And then, of course, America's Game of the Week. Bay Packers at the Colts. Let's go. Keep an eye, keep an eye on the Dallas and Minnesota game. I think that one's going to get kind of out of hand with the points. Yeah, let's go. Green Bay, Indy. And then it's all capped off. We get Patrick Mahomes, yeah. John Gruden. That one, Raiders took him to the woodshed last time. KC's going to get redemption on that one, huh? I would assume so, but, man, you get Josh Jacobs rolling and they get the, 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 the Raiders offense and good game scripts. That's kind of hard to beat. You know Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball, but you still can't really stop him. And then if they do, they're just going to roll out to Darren Waller, and now they got Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards is back. Like They have the pieces that are hard to predict what's going to happen. So I think you could see a pretty fun game from the Raiders there. And then the Rams, Tampa Bay, both those teams are in the wild card spots. Like the NFC playoff, like the whole the, my whole thing this week has been the playoff races in both uh, conferences are really fun to watch right now. You have on the AFC, AFC side, you have nine teams, six or three or better. And then the Patriots lingering at four and five. They're probably going to be five, five and five after this one and not too far away from the wild card spot there. And then in the NFC spot here, Chicago Bears not playing this weekend. Minnesota can kind of sneak into this at five and five. Detroit Lions, we don't really feel great about, but. I don't know. There's a lot of moving here in five, six, and seven spots this weekend, and maybe Minnesota kind of throws their name back into the hat. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good week. I mean, you can kind of see these playoff pictures brewing, the six and three teams. I mean, we have a lot of disparity. The middle class in the NFL is gone, but the football is still good. 
and uh, Thanksgiving week next weekend. It's going to be fun. I don't know if you're going to be available next Saturday to do it or what you got going on, but uh, we did have some people asking for this video in the chat rooms this weekend. So I think if we can put up some good numbers this week and have some success with the prop bets, I think we'll have uh, some more people kind of hanging out next weekend. But I don't know, man. Any other final thoughts on tonight's show? No, absolutely. It was a good one. It should be a good week. Everybody have a safe Thanksgiving coming up. And when you're hungover on Saturday morning, hit us up because we'll probably be doing another one of these. Hopefully, and, winning some money. I'll be after the after we go, we end the show here. We're going to probably enter the, some of those into the the fantasyfellowship.com link in the description below to get to that, or the, just go to the fantasyfellowship.com, click on the player prop bets on the homepage, and that should get you everything you need to win some money this weekend. So again, uh, for Jesse, you can follow him on Twitter at the fellow JGM. I am the fellow KGB on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, good luck this weekend. We'll see you in another video. Peace.